welcome to Daft Souls. And today I am joined by Quentin Smith. I'm going to burp. Hello. Don't burp yet. We're doing the introductions. Okay. And Keza McDonald. Hello. How are you doing, Keza? It's been oh, a while. Great. That sounded so nice compared to... <laughs> to sort of very well, sort of, you're the one that chose to say... I'm about to burp as your first thing on the podcast. <laughs> to let you know I'm a professional. Imagine if, this, imagine if this is the first episode of the podcast that someone's listened to. I'm so sorry. Jesus, Quince. What have you been playing, Matt? I've been playing a bit of The Witness. That's good. It's great. I mean, I'm saying this. I had to play a bit of The Witness today because the only thing I've played in the past week pretty much has just been XCOM 2, uh, XCOM 2, XCOM 2. I'm not going to say anything about XCOM 2 because, to be honest, I've talked about that for a whole podcast with Chris Pratt. I made a video about it, which is about 20 minutes long. And you know what? Like, I've played the full version of it now and the review embargo is a thing. But basically, like, everything I said, just that. Like, I don't need to say anything new. It's just fucking great. It's average. You're want to I don't it. understand. It's not very good. I can't say anything about it. Just maybe, like, what I said in the preview. Because I think he's saying it's not very yeah, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, he doesn't like X comment. No, he doesn't, no. yeah. It's the best. It's not Aliens. Kind of oh, you've broken the embargo. We've got you. <laughs> <laughs> Come at me, bros. Uh, no, I would love nothing more than to talk about um, The Witness because it is absolutely great. Is there anyone in this room who doesn't think The Witness is awesome? I think it's really good. I've only played it for an hour. I like it a lot. It's, as I said on Twitter, it's like taking sitting a SAT exam whilst on acid. <laughs> the fact that you just spend a lot of time staring at something going, I don't know what this means. But then you go, but like, you look around and go, but the colours here are amazing. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, like you will look at a sort of pad, you know, with one of the puzzles on and you'll look at it and go, wow. I've, wow, I've, I don't know what's going on. But then you'll look up and there'll be a river and it's nice. And then you walk away from the puzzle, abandoning it entirely because you've got no idea. I'm looking forward on. to getting into it more. It just seems very uh, it's, it's very taxing. I would say it's very difficult to play, for me anyway, for longer than about two hours because it's very taxing on the brain. I, yeah. I agree with that, absolutely. I wonder if we should... Uh, Keza, do you want to explain what The Witness is if people have somehow avoided the media blitz of Jonathan Blow talking about how he peed in a bottle to finish it? <laughs> The Witness is, uh, I guess, the closest. Well, the most, the most obvious comparison is Mist. Really, it's like it's an adventure, adventure style first person game. You wander around an island full of puzzles. Imagine Mist, but not shit. Not shit. <laughs> you wander around an island full of puzzles. There's no language whatsoever in it at all. And I the, thought there were voice uh, no, diaries. There are. Oh, are there? You not found any? I'm pretty sure there was no language, but there's most definitely language. language. <laughs> John Blow made such a big deal about how it had no language in it. Well, it's got talking it's, in it. It's got language. My bad, I have not Well, I'll tell you what, there's diaries. no words, there's no writing. Okay, there you go. There's no. There's also so you, no main menu, which is yeah. relevant because uh, he wanted that for Braid and Microsoft wouldn't let him. Yes. So the, uh, the idea is you wander the island, you find puzzles, you do the puzzles. All, almost all, all, all the puzzles I've seen are essentially puzzles where you try and get a line through a maze, but it's, it, the rules change. You feel like you're a rat on holiday. Yeah. Like, and I do, much. I do, I, I am liking it, but sometimes it's that thing of like, what it does is that classic puzzle game thing, which you fundamentally need to do of being like, making sure you give people enough examples of one type of system yes, in order to ensure that the player actually understands it rather than just has fluked it somehow. Yeah. So I fluked, um, one of the... One of the, this isn't a spoiler, one of the puzzle varieties has white and black squares. Sure, yeah. And you have, basically what you have to do is ensure the white and black squares are in different quadrants. You have to separate them all. I fluked that completely. Like a really hard one of those puzzles. I just happened to fluke it. And then that screwed me for ages because all these other puzzles were coming up with them. And I was like, I don't know, how, I don't know what I'm doing. How do uh, I yeah. do them? I was saying to Quinns when he arrived, I, I felt like proper Billy, Billy Mensa when <laughs> yeah, uh, I came out of the first area and there was a door which had like 
this combination of black and white dots and dots on. That is the one I, I, I flipped it. You flipped it? Yeah. I worked it out. <laughs> and I worked it out and then I wandered off a bit more and then found these like little Easy bits ones. which are basically showing me how to do that puzzle. Yep. And I was like, but then the annoying thing was when you kind of, when you've clocked it, when you know how to do the puzzle, it feels a bit tedious sometimes doing filling in all these ones, but I don't know if that's just to begin with of being like it's, really think, making it obvious. I think it's only very much the very beginning of the game that even dares to do that, and Absolutely. the rest so is just heartbreaking. There are a few things that I think really good puzzle games have to do. Mm-hmm. One of them is it has to make you use pen and paper. <laughs> yes, I just love that. I, I've got in my notebook. I love games that make you scribble notes because they make yeah. you look like you might be a crazy person. Mm-hmm. If anyone ever picks up your note, but these are my notes for her story. Oh, that's awesome. uh, this is not uh, obviously an audio Kesar, but just as lying bitch in <laughs> <laughs> but it's like lists of random combinations of words like it doesn't blue, really I should, I should <laughs> actually say that blue turtleneck what a question great mark, joke etc anyway so um, and with every good puzzle game I like to have pages and pages in my notebook that make it look like I might be a crazy see, I'm playing on Steam genius. so I'm just pressing print screen and it comes up saying screenshot taken in a, that's in its, no fun in its own font no it is because it's like that's, no you've got to write oh, it Man, like, draw the little patterns I've got a messy desk I just sort of think like oh if I want to look at this again I can just look at I the screen I think you might have a heart that. attack if you no, wait, my you, test you, cannot, you can't do that because that actually makes hmm I mean I suppose you could I like that I do, would I've completely got, actually, take me out of the well, world I did get my phone out and take a, a picture of the screen old school style no and oh, then I'm just like no that is actually no, so I, I felt so right? bad about myself that I ended up writing it down afterwards it's interesting that you've decided that taking a screenshot in the game yes. and having out to look at that yes. that takes you out of the game I see where so you're going you with this but then like writing on a piece of paper like that's physically you reminding yourself no but you're, you're still yes. in the ment- uh, yeah. something about not closing the software <laughs> I think yeah I agree with Keza um, I, I agree with what you're saying well I don't agree with I'm you not, but I'm not saying anything I'm just questioning you are hinting what's wrong with me because both of these no. things are using outside tools I just think it's an interesting uh, distinction that's all I do think when you close the game for any reason that's weird but for me it's like I'm, I guess it feels more correct because if I'm the character in the game who's a guy on an island mm-hmm. uh, is it a guy? I've looked at my silhouette and yeah. it's masculine it looks like a masculine silhouette because I, I, I'm annoyed my stepson I was intrigued I was intrigued some women don't have tits my stepson wandered into the room while I was playing it and he was like, what's this? Because he only likes things with guns in, basically, because he's 10, doesn't have taste. So he, he wandered and he's like, what's this? And made a point of being like, oh, you're just a guy on this island. And I'm like, you might be a girl. Mm-hmm. It's possible that you might be a girl. Um, so, yeah, then we looked at the shadow and I was like, nope, still possible that it yeah, might still have maybe, a female. Yeah. I suppose uh, it's possible. But just yes. a bit make a point. So <laughs> if you're someone on an island, then that person might <clears throat> be able to draw in sand, right? Or dirt, or maybe has... Their own notebook. Or has a notebook. Like, all of these things. Like, your Hazuki in Shenmue. With all, this crazy oh, notes. God, that was the best notebook. Huge <laughs> words on each page oh, saying, so like, find, find Dad. Find Charlie. Charlie, hairdresser, question he was, mark? He was sailors. Do you know the, got... the weirdest thing that happened when I was replaying Shenmue? I played it in... I played it when it came out, whenever that was. 2000-ish. And then I played it again in 2008. And I found myself wandering around the streets of Shenmue. And because I played it when I was a teenager, it had kind of embedded itself. You know, you know when you're that age, everything yeah. just goes in your brain and stays there forever. Yeah. And I was like standing on a, sh- on a on the middle of a street with no prompting. And some bit of my brain would go, you need to find a hairdresser called Charlie. And I'd be like, what? So it's like being from? a weird video game psychic. Yeah, thing I love. I would just keep saying, I was playing with my partner. I keep saying, we need to find Charlie, the hairdresser. He'd be like, where'd you get that? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> just came do. to me. But I, I, what I do love about Shenmue is it's kind of a, a meme joke but you forget until you play it back how how much of a chunk of the game you do spend looking for sailors <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's quite a long section unless you know where to go I've only played Shenmue 2 which 
was we sh- weirder. Was but we should come back to Shemmy. We, sh- we, oh my god, yes, but yes, the witness. Yes, we should come back to Shemmy because I've also been playing the spiritual successor too. Yeah. Yes. Oh no, I'd love to do that. Which is. Uh, a different game. Yes, which is... <laughs> anyway, The Witness. Oh, my God. Uh, where the hell was I? So, yeah, um, anyway, Matt is wrong to take screenshots, but uh, <laughs> I'll another, wrap that argument up. Another crucial thing that every good puzzle game has to do is it has to make you feel like you are literally the most intelligent person okay. that has ever existed So a friend of mine um, uh, had a even... That is a good line, I agree, but he actually expanded on this further. He says, so good puzzles so make you... So he's smarter than me, is what you're saying? Yes. Cool. Perfect. Well, he's smarter than me. I didn't come up with this. Uh, he said, a good puzzle make you feel clever. A great puzzle, uh, and Witness absolutely had this, and so does Braden. It's what makes me think John Blow is the best person at designing puzzles in the video game industry right now, bar none, is that great puzzles, you will solve them, you'll feel clever... And then you will have a second wave of enjoyment as you realise how clever the designer was and how clever the game wrapping it up was. It's like, oh, I'm so clever. Oh, this is... And this is the story I want to tell. The first puzzle in Witness uh, that made me... um, That made me use a piece of paper. And this is the story I would tell if people are wondering whether to buy the Witness or not. Um, I I wrote the solution on the piece of paper and I dutifully... It took me ages and I dutifully punched in the solution and the game goes, it's wrong. And I had a brief flash of, this is outrageous. What did I do? I can't believe, stupid gay. And then I looked at the piece of paper again and it was like a moment of just light shining on me. And I went, I get it. I get it. And I did something to the piece of paper in my hands and then re-entered it and I was correct. Do you know, there was a game, um, another great puzzle game that I uh, remember from the past was, okay, I think it was called, I can't even remember, I think it was called Another Code. And it was on the DS. Another that's code. A, yeah, that yeah. sounds like a it thing. It was another code, I think. Yeah, yeah. It was made, I believe, by a developer called Sing, which has since died, sadly, because it made interesting games. But another... <laughs> <laughs> a very common affliction. Especially for Japanese developers in the last 10 years. I'm yeah. terribly sorry. <laughs> your games are interesting. <laughs> There's well, nothing we can do. But one Go of the, and tell That was wife, on the original child. Fat DS in about 2005-ish. Sure, no, yeah, And about. one of the puzzles in that was... You were, it's like an adventure game, and you were, in a, you were in an old house, and you found an old stamp basically. Yeah. And on the top screen was the stamp. And I was like staring at it and I was just like, oh, how do I? Because it was all wrong. And I was like, it was backwards and I couldn't. And I was like, oh. oh and you shine the DS in a mirror. No. They no. did the same thing in the Zelda game and it was amazing. And uh, at some point you just, you sit there staring at it for half hour for me. And then you just suddenly go, and you close the DS and open it again and you stamped it onto the bottom screen. Yeah. I, that would And you're me. like, oh, that's no, good. No, because I did that in... I so had, satisfying. It was, a, <laughs> brilliant. it was the same thing that was in one of the, the first uh, DS, like, Zelda games, which were kind of patchy, but there was a one... Oh, they had some great little... little there, was a, there was a treasure map on this island and you're, you're on this island, but the treasure map, I think it was like the island reversed and you're like, but the island's upside down. And it's like, I think of like, you couldn't do it because the island was the wrong way up. Something yeah. wrong and it was that same thing of like, you do it like that and then you've got the reverse of it but Matt is closing yeah. his hands for the people but I was stuck on it for about half an hour there's the same with like, another code and the there fuck? are a few good there was another one in another code where it was a book that you had fell off a shelf and it didn't make any sense until you basically half closed the DS and then held it vertically so that so the, the reflection books. was the oh. reflection of one screen was on the other screen and it was showing wow so I loved that so loved that. here's a really, thing really really nice like feature puzzles like that I think are good Witness doesn't have those it doesn't have those. no man it 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 has some puzzles that I don't know if was, you've I've got. Not, I've, I've only played it for a day. Okay. Yeah, hundred puzzles in, so I don't think. Oh, hundred puzzles in. Yeah. Well, surely then you've gotten to uh, some of them, whereby a puzzle will teach you how it's done. Like Matt, you were talking about how the witness will stagger puzzles and be like, "Have you got this?" 
It's almost, I mean, it's, it's, what's interesting about it is it is just teaching you a language. Right, yeah. but no, because what I'm saying is that it will teach you a language, and this is my favourite moments in it. It'll teach you exactly how to do a puzzle, then you'll try and enter a simple solution, and it'll go, no, that's wrong. It's because you're missing something. And it's not because you're missing something. It will just change the rules on you. It'll change the rules to something really obvious or interesting. And, like, I'm specific... Yeah, it does have a few... Um, I get It's difficult to talk about this, because there are so, some bits you don't, that don't you spoil... No. Because they're really such clever little twists. You're thinking of the sort of... Uh, the are you thinking about rocks? I am. Um, I'm thinking about glass yes. panels. Yes, yes, yes. 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 No, yeah, we're thinking of the same one. <laughs> but it's like that. Was, I laughed for so long when uh, I figured that out. It took me a while. Here's another great puzzle game of recent times that I've only recently started enjoying: okay. Talos Principle. Hmm. So. I was not attracted to this game at all. I saw some people talking about it, and it looked f- tremendously dry to me. It yeah. is quite dry, but uh, it's got it's just got really good puzzles in it. Yeah, I really the, couldn't get into it. I tried. I, I actually played it when it came out on PS4 last year for an hour, and I was like, I can't mm. be arsed with this. And I stopped because I thought this is a bit obvious. But yeah. what, what was obvious um, about it? Because uh, So I actually got it wrong, essentially. I, I underestimated the game in that the, the puzzles themselves were, were good and fun, but they, they, they it does that classic puzzle game thing where it layers on different elements as you go on. Sure. And uh, it's only really when you get to the really, really hard ones that you get like the feeling of wanting to cry when you complete it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that okay. same thing where you're so relieved that you've done it, and then you're just like, oh my god, that's so clever, that's so clever, that's so well done, and you just have that ah, basking moment. So, see, and I that's great. So I you, got, you get those. I got bored after about... <clears throat> Two or three hours, um, and maybe I got bored before that point. I maybe. I mean, I think it takes about that long to to get properly good. But the thing I thought that it was going to be a meditation on what is human and what is humanity, because you play a robot in it. And yeah, there's a lot of like quite dense philosophy texts in the terminals. And yeah. I just thought this is this game is just going to make me read a bunch of philosophy 101 and then make a fairly hokey point about what humanity is so i i just completely underestimated the game because it seems like it's going to do that and then it's 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 cleverer than it looks which is you nice. mean in terms of both so you the you framing say- device is cleverer than it looks okay the actual puzzles get really really good and like, like i say they make you feel like you might be the most intelligent person who's ever walked the earth but they do give you that secondary element of once you've done it you're just looking at what you've set up and you're looking at because this is what's interesting about this is so this is a bit more of a kind of physicsy puzzler thing so you have that you have elements you involved stuff you bouncing around, yeah. light around and trajectories moving <laughs> stuff around you know it's the first so I, I have this massive massive gaming weakness which I've never been able to overcome which is that I'm not very good at calculating angles my brain can't do it so portal must have been tricky so hard okay so hard but portals are right because they they actually give you kind of level design clues that make it so if you think in a different way it was interesting I, I watch uh, I've watched other people play portal and the way that they approach the puzzle is very different what I'm doing is I'm looking for environmental clues and so mm. instead of being like, I need that light to go there, so I need it. I'm You're just, wondering, why is that panel yeah, diagonal? Precisely, yeah. So that's, or why is that panel slightly different patterning or whatever? Yeah. Um, and pa- Portal's very good because it actually does very much allow for, for different kind of people with different types of brain to understand it. And one of the problems with the Talos principle that I thought it had is that a huge number of the puzzles are light angle puzzles. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, shit, I'm not going to be able to play this because every time I've ever had a light puzzle in any game in my life, I've had to hand it to someone else and be like, I just, I don't know. I just don't know. There's a lot of give in it, though, because it isn't about 90 degree angles and perfection. No, it's, it's not. It's about kind of figuring it out. And it, so it's actually the first puzzle game I've played in ages, The Witness also. But it's the first one I feel like it's making my brain operate in ways that it's not used to. My brain, yeah. I've got a very verbal brain. Um, you know those aptitude tests you used to do at school? Where they gave you the ones that are just awful, and I did one of those. It told me I should have been a librarian or a chemist. Oh no, not those. The, the ones okay. that are um, the ones that basically show you where like they 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 measure your. It's kind of like an IQ test. They measure librarian your, or chemist. There's a big scope of uh, man. I'd be rubbish at both of those jobs. <laughs> you know, I did that, and it. You know, guess what? It told me I should be YouTube star, army officer. 
Wow. So not those rubbish personality ones. Not those. The ones that is basically like you do uh, an IQ test and it measures your verbal, mathematical, spatial, and some other ability, right? So I looked at this. I did this at school. And my verbal abilities were were super good. My mathematical ones were pretty great. And then my spatial, I was in the bottom second percentile. Like literally, it was like there was barely a bar, you know, on the graph. (laughs) It was just just bad. So bad. Like I I can't. You have a dumpster is what you're saying. Yeah. It was super bad. I, I basically put my all my attribute points had gone into verbal. And you went, I'm never going to need spatial reasoning because I've yeah, got so a, bo- a boyfriend ne- for that. Yeah, I'm never going to be able to need to drive. Yes, <laughs> it'll be fine. Here's the thing, uh, with the, the, but yeah. So, so this, so the thing about both Tal- Talos principle and the witness is that they require a part of my brain that I don't use all the time. Uh-huh. I use verbal and mathematical reasoning a lot in my daily life and common sense reasoning and logic, but I don't use spatial reasoning. You know what I find interesting though how. about the difference between uh, Talos principle and the witness, and it's a really simple difference but it's one that makes me really like the witness and I've come bounced off the Talos principle pretty damn hard is the fact that because the Talos principle uses the environment as part of its puzzles because it's using this 3D space um, it means that there's not a lot of flair in the design of the spaces and actually you kind of that's arguably quite samey actually arguably that's kind of the point because you realise quite quickly in the Talos principle spoiler that you're kind of in a computer simulation so it's like it's similar to Portal in that respect that to make sure that the uh, the design signposting is really obvious in the environment they put you in a very sterile environment yeah, but like the difference is in Portal the world is awesome yeah whereas in Talos principle really is, it's, it's just not. dusty ruins that and that's why and I the witness is so good because it has brilliant and the witness is so wonderful yeah it condenses its puzzle into these spots and in between it's like do what the fuck you want let's go nuts let's have yeah. some trees let's have... and it means that when you're walking around <laughs> you get that mist thing and that's what mist was so it's, yeah. like it's the first game puzzles. I played since I didn't like mist that much but um, I played it when I was a little girl I was about 8 or 9 when I played mist and it, it kind of captured my imagination yeah it's in a way spectacle that... punctuated with puzzles yeah because it was mm. I felt like I was I felt like I was living in it you know when you because it was such an interesting world at the time to me yeah I felt like I, I was present in it. Whereas Talos Principle, I'm solving puzzles as a robot in a computer yeah, simulation yeah. that is a video game. In The Witness, I feel like I am somewhere and I think about it when I'm not playing yeah, it yeah. in a different way. Like I think about, I think about, like I find a panel, I find a panel somewhere that's completely out of place and I don't know how to use it because it's got a symbol I don't recognise. Mm. I've been thinking about it all day. Mm, yeah, no, where I, it is, where absolutely. Things, and then you think about, like you look at landmarks and you kind of, you develop odd um, mental associations with the landmarks as well because the type of puzzle that's around them. Sure. Yeah, no, I, there are some areas which I dislike and some I, I actually quite like yeah. because I breezed through the puzzles. There was a, a point about the Talos principle that uh, was made by Chris Thurston, I think. I can't remember if it was in an article or something he said to me, but I think he had a really good point in the fact that, and I think it thematically works beautifully, but again, doesn't make the game any more entertaining or enjoyable for me, is this idea that, like, he said, if you think about it, like, what do the levels look like in a Tazzle Principles? What does the world look like? And they look like, they're, like, very high fidelity, but they're very bland. They look like uh, tech demos for 3D cards. So it's almost like the perfect virtual reality environment. And it's, like, (laughs) incredibly detailed, but anodyne as fuck. Well, it makes, it makes... Yeah, I think that basically the situation there is that it was a artistic decision that that it was thematically justified, but it was artistic decision because they didn't have infinite time. They couldn't yeah. make, they couldn't spend seven years very like, resource, by John Blow. Uh, yeah. yeah, so they, they basically figured out a way to do a very economical Minecraft style. They figured out a very economical way to present it. But it's funny when you lose that world. It meant that I was playing it, and I just kind of quite cl- quickly clocked. I'm like, this game. What this game is is a series of puzzles with in between like text logs to read, which flesh out this sort of story. And I was like, it's not enough for me. Like, for, yeah, like without it, it the does, world to more, tie it together. More does come in, but I don't know. I, I, I'm not, not going to sit here and tell you, you must play it. It's amazing. Like, I've gotten into it because uh, I just needed something to play over Christmas that wasn't 
I mean, I'd be intrigued to go back if it does dramatically change, but I played it for about three hours and I just thought, this is not... I would say the additions are subtle. They're not... It doesn't transform, but it, it layers itself. It gets more interesting. I think the difference is, as well, is I think one of the things... It's not like The Witness and it's not immediately, like... One of the things that Braid did really well in terms of this, like, this teaching you a language and teaching you things is it did this, but then it mixed it up often enough that, like you were saying, (coughs) you think you know everything, but then there's a slight twist. And the slight twist, you have to work out on your own. Yeah. And it won't have a puzzle which teaches you the twist. It will just teach you these things and you'll think, what am I missing? And then when you click, you feel like a genius. Whereas I felt like with Talos, it was much more, like, procedural. It was much more kind of like, it taught you everything you need to know. And then it was because it was complex and you just had to work out something you were overlooking and it kind of had that thing I don't know lots of people said it had the same thing of Braid of feeling like a genius when you do the puzzles but more often than not when I worked out how to do a puzzle I've been stuck on I felt like an idiot <laughs> uh, yeah. and that was kind of my problem with it I felt like I'd overlooked something because it was because it was 3D and spatial and using more things it required you to juggle more information in your brain and often you just miss something small I, I can feel both the witness and the Talos principle I, I can feel them creating new neural pathways in my mind like they they are actually exercising my brain. I mean, brain you in a do way do I'm that when to. you go to the toilet. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. I mean, well, every time you access even a memory, you rewrite your brain. That, which is a disturbing fact about the human brain. I'm surprised you don't know. The uh, the the really disturbing thing about how the brain works, and this is why our criminal justice system is horrifying, is that every time you remember anything, you don't access it. It's not oh, like you, re- you rewrite it. Interesting. Which means they did all these tests. Like after September the 11th, they took people who obviously had very vivid memories. And they said, um, what did you see? Oh, you saw this guy in a red shirt? And they showed him a photo. Like, oh, yeah, I saw that guy. Then three years later, they brought people back, changed the red shirt to a green shirt, and said, do you remember this guy in the green shirt? And they went, oh, yeah. And, like, they, they could uh, doctor the photos endlessly. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, yeah. Because like, anyone who, you access the memory. watching Making a Murderer? <laughs> yeah, right, okay. Um, but I <laughs> just, get into that. I do want to throw in here that making it, no. Um, I'm going to talk about Making a Murderer. If people want a, another puzzle recommendation that isn't, uh, you know, lasers, light, blocks, or grids, um, you know, the traditional four food groups of puzzles, Infinifactory is, for my money, the second game to... Well, I haven't finished The Witness, but, like, second best puzzle game on all of Steam. Mm. After The Witness, it is unreal good... Uh, What's it called, sorry? Uh, Infinifactory. Do you remember Space Chem? I do remember Space Chem. Did you play Space Chem? I did. Um, it's the sequel to that. And huh. it's so in rather than Space Chem where you're which is an ama- also amazing and the worst marketing ever. Try Space Chem, dear God, if you uh But it's terribly hard to get into Space Chem. I didn't find that, but just to stick with Infinifactory for a moment, it's Space Chem, Keza, so, but instead of having a 2D plane where you're assembling chemicals, it is an entire 3D portal-like world where you're working with conveyor belts and trying to build factory runs. Okay. And then it very quickly makes oh, that. my mind is crying. I think it might not be the game that. for you, yeah. but, it, but if people at home think, oh, I'd like to make a little conveyor belt assembly thing. I got the impression whilst it was still pretty obtuse and tough, it was easier to get your head around because of the 3D display almost. But, yeah. You know, I, I think it's important with... One of the reasons I play games at all is because... I like learning. I've always liked learning. And I, I really, really enjoy when a game comes at me with some shit that I can't already do. Like, that's, that's basically yeah, my... Sure. So that's why I love Dark Souls so much as well, because I just need a game to give me something I can't already do. Because then it's, it's just so much more satisfying. Here's a weird thing that happened to me recently. So I got a bonsai tree, um, for like because I was going to get a pet and then realised I'm far too selfish and got a bonsai instead, right? I'm learning how to use a bonsai. Have you played Prune on the iPad? Yeah. I was reading, watching YouTube videos today of how to prune and take care of a bonsai, and uh, prune is 
an actual simulation. It's not a game mechanic. It's what happens when you cut twigs. <laughs> That's really interesting. Yeah, you cut off a twig and then the same energy goes down the same branch. It's it's a it's a it's a simulation of a plant, which I never knew going into it. Yeah. Mm. They should label that and, and they call it a final thing I'd like to say about Jonathan Blows the Witness, which is not a game I've played for long enough to have any definitive stance on it. But I think it's a shame that it isn't just called Jonathan Blows the Witness and it is called The Witness and it's made by a team of people because if it was called Jonathan Blows the Witness that's like the best like first line of a novel ever <laughs> Jonathan like, Blows the Jonathan, Witness Jonathan Blows the Witness or like a self-contained short story He's like, and then what and then what I, I have, just love it I, know, there was, I think I want to also people who might be looking at the press around The Witness there is a horrible tendency with games that are even slightly smart for people to suddenly be like Oh, it's, it's I get so, it. Yeah. And there was this Guardian article that made my blood boil, which is like, uh, oh, I think yeah. the line in it was, uh, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Blow is the Witness is a game for people who've read Gravity. Oh, Rainbow. no, no, dude, that wasn't an article. That was Jonathan Blow. Yeah, but the, the guy in the article made such a point out of that. Like, Jonathan Blow kind of tossed off, tossed off as a line. He was like, yeah, I, I mean, want to make games for people let, who, let, who, who, um, who read Gravity. Let's Rainbow. stop and focus on that line for a moment because the Guardian article, I'm sure, was interesting, but Jonathan Blow saying, I want to make games for people who've read Gravity's Rainbow. And a friend of mine had a good point about that. That, which is you probably shouldn't have made it on next gen consoles then you probably should have made it for any pc because there is actually no reason the witness is that on pc yeah but any you do pc it, any pc like should you, have made it on kindle <laughs> yeah well they should have made it on kindle fire yeah and i mean i've listened to gravity's rainbow that's actually that's actually a thing i, I wish that i could take it with me because i think about the puzzles a lot like on the train and on the bus sure cetera, and i, I mean no, you're, you're right there, that is that is like but, but if you want yeah that's, if you want people who read to play your game want, anyway or is that just what you want to say but i think the, you but the point <laughs> the point about that is i think sometimes it's very off-putting and people just think oh fucking pretentious wank and they just kind of dismiss it because they think fuck that and but who does not, that who actually does that i know people who do that who people <laughs> okay <laughs> okay i but mean i think that unfortunately there can sometimes be this like i actually had this reaction to braid in that because i didn't play it at the time because i think i was living in japan and i didn't have an xbox and I remember people um, going on about how amazing it was and how clever it was to the point where I was like, "Oh fuck off!" I bet it isn't, which is very, which is very kind of no, very British, like the contrarian thing. But don't if you th- if you think if you're getting that feel about the witness that it's like yeah pretentious wank, just don't ignore I mean, all of that. Yeah. It's certainly if you separate just art from the artist, as you know, arguably sh- you should. Then it's just an amazing game. You should if you can or want to. Made by a guy so who isn't you know it's a choice really. But uh, I would say the one thing is he did tweet about the fact that he'd pissed in a bottle to finish making the. the I don't need to know that. And I thought there's two things here. I thought, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's no, let's. This is awesome. Let's let's deconstruct this statement a bit because this and the gravity's rainbow thing paint a picture. <laughs> I know, right? It's like a. Do you think he was pissing in a bottle while he was saying, "I just want to make games for people who've read Gravity's Rainbow"? I think people who read Gravity's and Rainbow are going to want to spend time with the man who pisses in bottles. <laughs> there you go. Nailed but it. also, I just feel like I don't know. There's a tendency sometimes for this sort of like labor of love thing. This being, I mean, like, oh, this is what it takes to make something you love to make something good. It's like no, it's it's very unhealthy. So I think I don't like it when when big auteurs, creatives do, do things like this and show like as a medal how hard they're how working. hard it is and burning out. It's like no, you don't need to fucking. This is, piss that, this is like a weird version of when our, like authors are like, I am an alcoholic. And I've ruined everything in my life, and that's what you need to be a yeah, true like, artist. No, you fucking like, don't. No, you don't. Like you can you fucking you can you can be a person yeah. and an artist. So, like, guys, you can go to the toilet. 
Which right? of you wants to be? Okay. Which of you wants? I, I'm thinking. I just want to say that. Like, so because too many people think that somehow being a creative and being an artist <laughs> is about burnout and losing yourself and yeah, going and mad, depression, and pissing and, in bottles yeah. and drinking and too much, and ruining all your relationships. And it's fucking not. It's Come about on, consistency. It's about keeping yourself healthy. It's about getting your sleep. It's just about let's, young. let's get to the bottom of this collectively. Right now, we are John Blow. We're working on the witness. It's crunch. We've got I'm loads not. to do. Well, no, stick with me. Stick with me. I would not piss in a bottle, guys. You're okay. Fine. I'm John Blow, and I'm I'm working on the witness. It's crunch. Pissing in a bottle. I'm not yet. Dude, and then I've got loads to do before, like I have to send in the gold cert to Sony. Okay, and then oh, I need to pee. Why don't I go to the toilet? What? Because t- there's a bottle right there that might save. Because like, I'm a dirty, dirty man. Saves five. I mean, this is the same thing as time. people who say, "I'm sorry, I couldn't reply to your email. I've been too busy." And things like it takes thirty seconds a minute to reply to an email. Like you're not busy. You've got bad time management. It's the same thing. I don't have time <laughs> okay, to go to, to the toilet. To be fair, I get like four hundred emails a day, and I genuinely don't reply to emails because if I did that, it would take six hours. Oh, no, but I'm honest day. about it. I don't reply to emails most of the time because I can't be bothered. <laughs> Like, and you said earlier that John Blow probably just has a massive house and couldn't get to the toilet in time. Yeah, if his toilet's really that's, far that's away. That's probably what it is, yeah. Or maybe he has, like, maybe when he pees it takes ages. Anyway, like, that's the thing is, like, don't do that. If you're if you're listening to this, if you're a creative, don't drink whiskey to make yourself creative. Don't piss in a bottle because you have to. Just Consistency take a break, Consistency and out. discipline will work just Eat as well. Eat some broccoli, you'll live longer. And if you want to go really, really creative, half a glass of wine is the sweet spot. Anything more than that, it'll be rubbish. And Genuinely good. useless, yeah. Or yeah. if you get good ideas in the copy, you'll waste the time, same amount of time the next day, going through and making it actually English. Yeah, fixing spelling mistakes. Just going, why can't I do grammar? It's because you were drunk, you fucking idiot. Oh, uh, God, let's talk about something else. Yeah, sure. Kaza, what, you, wrote a, you had a list, you were organised. I did. Um, we were talking briefly about Shenmue earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! I've been playing the games that are the true successors to Shenmue, which are the Yakuza games. Yakuza. So I've been playing Yakuza Five, which came out in December in English. Uh, and the Yakuza is kind of like life simmy. You're in the gangster it's world. Like You've not played it? No, I've not. Yakuza's like it's shonky. Firstly, so it plays like it plays like a PS2 game, in, and then that makes me so happy and nostalgic because I love shonky PS2 yeah. games. It's my favorite era of gaming is shonky PS2 games that were interesting. Love it, and they're quite weird as well. They have moments they're of real, so real weird. oddness. They're so funny, and so weird. and I always forget because um, the Yakuza games present themselves as being essentially very serious soap operas about a big man with muscles who likes to punch other, who doesn't like to punch other men, but keeps getting drawn back into the world of Japanese crime. We've all been there. It's very melodramatic, but it's also so funny. Just just random shit happens all the time, and, and uh, you know one example of that being these. Um, you get these like revelations moments where you're walking out on the street, and uh, some random thing is happening. So something that happened last night was this uh, creepy stalker guy was following this woman around, and then he in kind your of, part of town, yeah. <clears throat> You can't, the guy, you can't have that. You and the guy, like, you know, grabs the woman's hand and is like, no, 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 we, we need to take this to the next level. He's just, like, humping her hand. And she's like, yeah, get away from me. And then a taxi comes up and, like, skids to a halt. And then she kind of slams the guy's head in a taxi and it's just really, like, comedic. And then at the end of that... Um, the the Kiryu Kazuma, the main character, will just kind of he does a very serious face with a furrowed brow, and he'll kind of look at that, oh, and he'll just yeah. kind of go jing, and he'll just like text madly on his phone, and then hold it aloft, and it'll be like revelation, and you'll learn a new move. You <laughs> learn the move of slamming a guy's yeah. head in a car, and being inspired by the elder around you. One of the ones in the earlier Yakuza games, I think it was three, is uh, you witness a panty thief, and a similar kind of slapstick. Yeah, I think I've seen the uh, I think I've seen the cutscene for that. And Kazuma Kiryu constantly ends up doing weird jobs, like in the ne- in the newest one, he's a taxi driver. And, he's uh, only quite famous at this point, though. Yeah, he's, well, he's like the he's fourth chairman of the, and it's it's funny because he and wherever he goes, he can't get away from the crime world. That's kind of the thing. But it's uh, it's like like best like the best Japanese things. It's simultane like like Metal Gear Solid. It's simultaneously extremely serious and completely not. Yes, and you have no means of 
knowing detecting when it, yeah. how much irony there is in this product. Totally, which but is the why answer is probably none. That's why I like it so much, though, because it's so it's it's random and funny, and I really enjoy it. And I also enjoy the combat because you really do get to kick the shit out. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, what was the the game set? I'm Kevin McDonald, and I like this game because you really do get to kick the shit out. Of it. That's a box quote. Is read more on yeah. Kotaku.co.uk. I got a new uh, a new move yesterday called Art of Face Grating, which was wow. <laughs> Wow. It's so good. Yeah, properly great dude's face. It's fantastic. Jesus. And uh, on yeah. what? On the, like the stone. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. It's curb stomping. Well, and it, but it's, in, but it's, it's it's funny because like Kiryu will do stuff like grab a katana and stab someone through the gut, and then they'll just get up afterwards and be like, "All right, man, you win." And it's it's just funny. And <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's all the. Um, I remember I played Yakuza two or something, maybe one, and uh, yeah, like you pick up objects in your environment, like in Streets of Rage, and then you can throw them or hit people with it. Except when you render that in like a relatively advanced 3D engine and you've got a huge guy who's like what, six and a half feet tall he's so huge and so ripped he's just bigger he than everyone shirt. else he gets his shirt off a lot in all of the games which is another plus good uh, but yeah when you pick up a bicycle and you're hitting people with a bicycle because you're that big and yeah, you know that's like you won but the, the you other hit him th- with a bicycle enough times the Shenmue aspect of it um, is that uh, it's kind of this is kind of built up over time so Yakuza 5 because it's so bloated by this point. There's something like 50 mini games in it. Yeah, so it's as much as you're like serving ramen. You're going fishing randomly for no reason. You're, you, you've got to hunt bears in the standing in the, under a waterfall while thinking of women. To st- no, that was that was in um, Asura's Wrath. No, that was in Yakuza as well. Was it? Yeah. Oh, I guess it's a trope. <laughs> it is. No, it's an anime trope. Oh, <laughs> but it's 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 and then the, the the weird the slightly weird hostess stuff where you have to groom women. Until they give Great. you a collectible card, which is like a collectible card. Yes, or at least it was a collectible card previously. I don't know what it is now. Now it's, it's. But the thing is, I just don't do those because they're gross. But they're. I mean, it's. You it's, can sing karaoke as well, though, right? You it's can sing karaoke with the rhythm gross. game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weird because I have, um, you know, I have I have a lot of affection for Japan and Japanese games, but like so often there's just bits in there where you're just like, why though, Japan? Can you stop with this, mm. please? Did we talk about um, the fact, like when we were talking about MGS5 on Dark Souls, I wonder if we were talking about the fact that like Kojima had that whole bit of like, ah, oh, when you find out why Quiet is walking around with her <laughs> yeah. boobs out, yeah, no. you'll feel bad. Turns <laughs> out the answer is it's bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it turns out. Yeah. It's like you play it and you're like, well, that obviously can't have been it. Because yeah, and then you think was, there must be something else, and you think, That's and it never it. comes. And I you was go- uh, in an interview with Kojima, um, one of the last ones he did before Konami shelved him for ages. And uh, he, we were at Tokyo Game Show, and I was sitting in because it was uh, when I was at IGN, it was one of our baby journalists doing the, the interview. So I was kind of sitting in to make sure it didn't go horribly wrong. And uh, basically, he asked about quiet. And Kojima turned to his translator and went, there's people walking, there's girls walking around on that show floor with their tits out like this, and why am I constantly getting this hassle? Give him the stock answer. And then the translator went, Kojima feels that fans will appreciate it. Like, and I was like, oh my god. Wow. That is a lovely yeah. bit of trivia. Yeah, that was... Uh, I can't remember if he actually gave an answer after that or if he just stopped. But yeah, it was... It was. He literally did this, like, tit motion. I'm doing a tit motion. Yeah. He did a tit motion and then expected it to give you the stock answer. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was pretty good. Did um, you get, like, a... What was the tone of that? Because that can be read a couple of ways. That can be, like, just frustration or it can be, like, actually a bit... I don't know because I don't know Hideo Kojima. I don't know him as a person. Yeah. I don't know if he was being funny or if he was just being like, lol, we got this question again, let's do it again. Or if he was being angry or what. I, I think I made him angry once. The first time I ever interviewed Kojima, like 10 years ago, I was told by my editor that I had to ask him if Metal Gear Solid 4 was coming to Xbox 360. And he really went off on me. 
He was really? like, oh, why does nobody actually care about the work that I do? Why do you always just care about what console it's on? This is such a bullshit question. Did the translator, really how much did the translator, were you speaking in Japanese or did the translator? Uh, that was, I was, I'd only just started learning Japanese, so I okay. only got the gist. The, the translator was re- relatively diplomatic, but the guy, could you even shouting? Like, he was clearly really quite angry about that question. Damn. And after that, he just had like hush, arms folded and looking at the floor for the rest of the interview. Nailed so like, it. They have a huff. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's kind of one of these things where you're just like, you doesn't take a genius, you look at Kojima's Twitter feed and you look at Kojima's work and you're sort of like, hey, you're a bit of a man child. I'm looking forward <laughs> to like 20, 30 years time from now where we might have video game auteurs that aren't just like kind of strange man children. I kind of love his work though. I, really I do. do love his work. That's the thing I have to say. I do and love his work. But yeah. then really do. Some but there's of- a bit in Yakuza 5 that is just the epitome of this for me where it's like, it's trying really hard to be a little bit feminist and it's like, Kiryu is... Some woman's being hassled by some guys on the street, which happens all the time in the Yakuza games. And this other woman walks up in like hot pants and a boob tube and is like, don't you tell that woman what to do? Women are strong and blah, blah, and all this. She just goes on for ages. But she's standing there and it's like panning up her body and stuff as she's saying all this. And it's like, no, you, wow. you're almost there, Japan. And then Kiryu turns up and is like, let me help you, ladies. And she's like, we don't need no help from no man. Well, and then it's what like, happens? And then he eats all the guys up and she's like, mmm, nice. Oh. And it's like, mmm. <laughs> You well, were trying, yeah. and then you beat her in a street race, I think it's and she's though, like, think... "Oh, the only man who's ever beaten me." He's like, "I bet you're not happy about being beaten by a man." She's like, "Maybe I was too focused on the gender binary," and it's like, "No, there's a lot." Really? Of yeah, it's just. I actually took a picture on my phone of that line because I was like, "Oh." The no. more I read about it, the more you kind of realise that there's a at the moment like a lot of Japanese, a lot of young Japanese people are feeling quite disillusioned with their culture and uh-huh. can't be bothered with the future. Interesting. So in I most... think it's going to be amazing to see what happens in twenty years' time because the weird thing at the moment is it's still putting out this kind of material, but actually the Next call it, call it six years, you know, like when yeah, the, the people well, in their yeah, late teens now When I was living there, um, I was uh, into that was two thousand eight ish, and I was living with a bunch of young Japanese people because I was in a college dorm, and the coolest ones that I met were people who were like, "Screw this!" <laughs> like, and they they mostly wanted to go abroad, which is why they were living in the international dorm. Most of them live in America. Or Europe, yeah, right? I want to say the people you meet are already more skewed towards. Oh, of course, like, yeah. yeah. It wasn't a, a representative society sample or anything. But one of the things that those people, those kids, would tell me was like, it's so hierarchical that it doesn't matter how good you are, what you're like as a person, whatever happens, it's just about like whoever is older than you will be in charge until yeah. you get old, and then you get to be on charge. The and they're like, it. yeah, yeah, and that's very, very kind of baked into a lot of Japanese companies and stuff. And they just sort it of takes, it up means, for that. yeah. But the thing is, it seems to take a lot longer for things to shift in terms of how yeah. things are done because and, you do yeah. literally have to wait for the people above you to die. Yeah, um, and that, that's very much, very much the case. And a lot of them just weren't really up for that. And these were people, and you'd see the last year of university, these in Nagoya, these were kind of slightly rich Nagoya kids, and they'd be walking around like rock stars at school in crazy white suits with their hair all awesome. And then two weeks later, they'd have graduated and it would be standard haircut, black suit, <laughs> going to their kind of weird company, you know, inductions. And it was just kind of sad. But Yakuza 5 just came out, right? In December. Okay. Well, I just... well, it came out a year and a half ago. So for someone wanting to jump onto the series, mm-hmm. what's it about? So, uh, yeah, you are a big muscly guy who is, you were what, like... There's a big story to you. So it's a video there. game. It's a video game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I don't... You were once... Okay, so you were once the head of a powerful Yakuza family, right? Uh-huh. And you've spent the last three games just trying not to be that, essentially. And every single Yakuza game since three has started with Kazuma Kiryu being, like, somewhere else. Yeah, three is like he's running an orphanage, right? Yeah, he's running and an orphanage. people threaten the orphanage. Yeah, so he always gets pulled back into the politics. What pulls him the, back in and for? Um, he's a taxi driver in... 
Fukuoka. Is this like Carry and, On? Is like every film like a Carry On film? And one of his uh, protégés comes to see him, and it's like Kiryu-san, we need help. We're in the Taijo clan is in is in great danger. And Kiryu's like, no, I don't do that anymore. And he lets the, he makes the guy get out of his cab, and then he gets kidnapped. So that's how he gets pulled back in because he feels guilty. And then, uh, but Yakuza Five is uh, the best one I've played. Per, per, firstly, because it's got. So many just random, like, there's so many restaurants in it with full menus, like, (laughs) and so many shops with, like, 400 items in it. Oh, man. uh, They've got, like, actual Japanese magazines in there and just so much stuff. And also, it's set in five different cities with, with lots of different characters. Um, so you won't have any idea what's going on in the story if you've never played the Yakuza game before, but that's fine because it's all basically melodramatic bullshit anyway. So it doesn't really matter. I do it's love the mad fun. detail you still get in Japanese games of somebody's deciding that, yeah, we're going to have restaurant menus and it's just going to have and all this it's, stuff. It's got perfect And in a Western music. game, somebody would just look at it and go, no, it's it's like, it's not worth the budget. Coincidentally, like, Japanese so games industry imploded yeah. <laughs> five years ago. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, does, it does feel really, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a silly, silly game, but it feels quite authentic when you're walking around the streets. Yeah. Like, oh. It feels, it, it is, it's like Shenmue and you feel like you're in a place. So an interesting uh, thing about uh, comparing it to Shenmue is a lot of people talk about Yakuza like yourself or like the, uh, you know, uh, BitSocket podcast, right? People are like, oh, it's crazy. You hit a guy with a tiger uh, or whatever, um, or, you know, karaoke with a girl. And it's, it, it's so mad and weird. But the moments in Shenmue that I remain most endeared to, uh, having like played them as a kid, are the moments when it went super sedate. Really like, mundane. Though, really mundane. And like, do you remember the um, in the second game when you sort of being trained as a kung fu warrior? There are a lot of tasks like the trope uh, of you must build patience, and it would make you do uh, make you grab the leaf out of the air with your finger, which is the gesture because uh, just people at home. But do you remember the library where you had to dust yeah, the books and then carry them? Yeah, you have to. Yeah, you have to. It's, it's an unbelievable piece of game design where your master says we need to dust out the we need to air out the library, and then you it have takes to do, forever. It takes you. You literally move like for about thirty minutes. You move books out of the library, and if you drop them, then start which again. It, you start again. So uh, you do this, and then. It's so unfun. And then, Fuck that. No, but this is the thing. Like, But then Ryo goes like, well, what happens now? And the teacher's like, well, you've, they've been aired now, so you move them back in. And it's it's just <laughs> fuck me. I mean, whether I'm, you like you it, know, I'm not an apologist. Fuck you, buddy. I'm, I'm actually fuck you. No, no, I'm but, not an apologist for Shemu anymore. I played them again recently, and they they. Suck. It was a different <laughs> time. Really it was bad. a different time, and, and we had less games to play. I, I will yeah. always, always back up any game that does something differently, no matter oh, it was, what it, was, it does. It was it was an amazingly interesting game. I right, just, it's very difficult to recommend someone. So I want to say that like Yakuza, it might not age as well because while it is doing all this wacky stuff, it's sort of less interesting wacky well, stuff. I mean, wackiness is inherent less interesting than someone no, actually striving for I don't know I think because yeah, Yakuza plays like a game from 2006-7 because of the old ass engine that they're still using mm-hmm. which is kind of you know Japanese games tend to use ancient engines it's kind of how they roll high from soft <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but nonetheless it's still fun to play but I mean, a lot of my affection for Yakuza is tied up in the fact that I just love that era of games I don't know if, how yeah. easy it would be to, to jump in now um, so I've been playing something what, what have you, you been playing? playing? Yes. I've been playing Homeworld Deserts of Kazakh. And I want to bring in a feature of the uh, Shut Up and Sit Down podcast here. <laughs> because um, Homeworld means a lot to me as a series. Uh, I'm handing you both now an imaginary boring it's buzzer. It's boring buzzer. And whenever I'm boring... <laughs> it's a great podcast feature. That's really useful. <laughs> it's, it's, the thing is, once Quinz has given you the boring buzzer, because he gave it to me in the other podcast, <laughs> it's yours forever. Yes. And you can only ever use it to buzz quins. I feel quite honoured. It's it's uh, a big deal. But you can deal. do it outside a podcast. You can do it in real life. <laughs> <laughs> if you want, just go. Eh. 
it's it keeps me on my toes, guys. Uh, so, Homeworld, big series, uh, big RTS where you had a ship, and it was uh, it was exciting. It had like a Star Trek like tone. It was in space, right? <laughs> Are you joke? Yes, I'm not joking. The yes, thing is, right. I uh, didn't really ever play the Homeworld games. I may have played a Homeworld demo on a demo disc, but okay. things. But I know that loads of people just love it. So, is he- it like June? Yes. Well, okay, Deserts of Kazakh, yes. Okay. Um, the 32nd Primer on Homeworld is it is an RTS, but you have one massive ship. Like, it is ungodly huge. And the ship is your base. Like, structurally, that's the RTS thing. In an RTS, you harvest resources and build units. Now, all of that happens in the mothership. And then the mothership is almost like a character. And so, spoilers, the plot of the first Homeworld is you go, hey, we've built this cool ship. And then you are the only thing to escape your homeworld being blown up. So you immediately... What, the ship? The ship, the huge ship, it's like... Oh, is it's, it your homeworld or does the ship escape the homeworld? The ship escapes and okay. you control the ship, but then you're travelling around the galaxy going, all of our people have been destroyed. Oh, that's sad. It's deeply sad. And actually the last, the first mission, the first objective, it's like, okay, let's run, you're running tests, being like, maybe we'll launch it one day. And then the homeworld gets bombed and you're like, oh no, you need to leave right now. And you're using your salvages to pull little escape pods from the world into the ship. And it's like, oh, you saved 100,000 people. Oh, you saved 200,000. Are you going to save 300,000? No, you fucked it. Get out. And so like, anyway, that's Homeworld, right? So, and it's also an amazing answer. But now you're on holiday. In now you're in of Deserts of Kazakh with one of the... Isn't it... I don't know anything about this game, but I've heard, it's, go on. I've heard it's a, like a prequel of sorts, like it's set before I don't, Homeworld was destroyed? No, and okay. let's talk about the development of it first, because it was originally meant to be like a Facebook game. Okay. And then the Vancouver devs went through all these ridiculous uh, processes where it wasn't even going to be an official Homeworld game at one point, and then they were doing such a good job that Gearbox, who owned the Homeworld license, were like, you want to be an official Homeworld game? Miraculous. Miraculously, after all this, like seven years of the worst dev, active poor developers, right? Um, it's great. And it's also a perfectly logical Homeworld sequel, but it's set on a desert planet. And the super messed up thing is it's all the Homeworld mechanics, but rather than a giant ship, you have what is basically an aircraft carrier on tank treads. Uh, so you are driving for that it's so good and you know what I just unlocked this morning while I was playing it so you've got all these little cars like dune buggies like Mad Max buggies that are driving around around the aircraft carrier it says do you want to build planes so now my aircraft carrier launches planes that fly across the desert and provide like massive bomb air is it like mission based or is it some one big ongoing campaign it's mission based is it like desert bus but with a really really big awesome ship yes it's desert bus (laughs) but the bus is awesome that is the sales pitch for it I'm going to use that Uh, yeah it's, it's, it's very story based and it's very dark yeah. and the um, do I have to have played the last one no no and this is the great thing because it might be a prequel it might not but the whole plot of it is um, very similar you launch this huge desert bus and uh, you're trying to get to an artifact and it's all kind of hazy what it is but the idea is you're sort of stuck on the planet and the artifact might help you get off and then as you're going through it and this gives people like me I'm not going to say that it makes me very excited <laughs> Um, because I mean, really, that's I mean, we, none yeah. of us knew what you were going to say. Sure, you, like, uh, it's uh, <laughs> but as you're salvaging stuff and getting resources, you'll find like a huge thing buried in the desert, and it'll be a mission of like, oh, salvage this. It's full of artifacts, and as you're breaking apart parts of it, you realise it's one of the ships from the old Homeworld games, and you're breaking apart this huge old crashed ship that's crashed on your planet, and you're sort of recovering the ability to go back into space, uh, which is exciting. Most exciting of all, though, is it's got Homeworld's voice acting. 
And Homeworld's voice acting is the best thing. What, has the same actors? No, it has the same tonality and direction. Right. So this is weird. So let me, um, give me something. Is it like Resident Evil awesome? No, no, I'll tell you what. One of you guys come up with a scenario that might happen in this kind of like militaristic war game. Give me uh, sort of my direction. Like, Okay, there are some uh, desert bugs have emerged. That's exactly what I wanted to say. There's a worm. Okay, there's a giant worm. And then who am I? I'm like a... You're the commander. I'm the commander. Aren't you a awesome bus? I'm the commander of the bus, right. So let's say um, a huge worm comes out and crushes like 18 vehicles which had countless human beings in. The delivery for that, I'm going to get close to the the microphone, would be, that's a target on R6. And like, and people are just dead. But I've, I've made that sound ridiculous. But the way it's delivered is always just that they are steely professionals who've lived in vehicles their entire lives and so help them, they're going to save their people no matter what. Okay, here's another one. Here's another one. The Venga bus is coming. The Venga bus is coming. Is it? Am I happy or so? The head of science. Yep. I don't know. Tell me. Okay. Um. Uh, <laughs> the Venga bus is approaching. That's that would be. Um. <laughs> we have tits incoming. We have. It would be. We have incoming. We have incoming. There are breasts. We have incoming, and everybody's pumping, from New York to San Francisco. Another car would say. Disco. Permission to pump. And permission the commander would say. Permission granted. And but it's 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 all so. <laughs> I cannot even tell you how good this is. It's like just hearing stoic soldiers deliver perfectly calm. I'm just going to be hearing responses. stoic soldiers singing uh, the Venga Boys themes songs for a, for a long time now. But okay. it sounds pretty good. It is completely awesome, and the thing that it does that is tremendously exciting from an RTS perspective as well that makes every mission absolutely terrifying is. Because uh, you've got this big ship that's persistent from mission to mission. Uh-huh. All your units are persistent as well. Ah. So in a mission, in any given mission, it's like got the Starcraft and there are resources, mm. there are ships, you harvest them, you get a thousand resource units. You spend those thousand resource units, there are no more. You know, that's why I was asking whether or not it was mission-based or like online persistent. Because somehow this idea of travelling around this giant desert yep. doing stuff with this big ship reminds me a lot of Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, oh god, do you know, the soundtrack is all the drums. It's, oh. all, it's all the drums and like tribal stuff, which was kind of in the original Homo as well but then BSG brought it out and yeah. it's gone full in for it so it's so I an example of what I played this afternoon there was a carrier a ship I was fighting and I got my new planes right and they're all leveling up and they're getting veterans and I said okay right great all nine of you launch go blow it up and I'm sending them off and as they're traveling I freak out open sensors divert eight of them and send one plane towards them because I just realized I have no idea whether this thing's going to shoot them out the sky and yeah. sure enough as a plane went over it it just blew up and I went I've just saved my entire Air Force <laughs> because otherwise they all would have died and that would have been heartbreaking. So there's a constant, unlike StarCraft, unlike most games, every loss hurts. Yeah, and- that's why I was asking because the whole thing about this, you know, surviving from Earth and leaving off and it's very, it's very Battlestar. Um, it's absolutely Battlestar. It's, it's Vipers. It's, but it's then like to make panicking. that work, you need that. So it's, it's interesting because I already yeah. kind of clocked that and been like, is that the mechanic? And it is. And you know, you know, like hearing the, the Vipers in, um, in Battlestar be like, um, oh, you've got one on you and it's, they can talk shit as much as they want on the ship, but once they're out there, once they're doing the job, it's, serious. it's all militaristic code. And it's that. And also, a lost viper is a lot bad thing. A lost viper is a lost viper. And that is Homeworld Deserts of Kazakh. you got to play it so good. And uh, I'm it. done. And neither of you used your buzzers no, once. No, I, I, I did have it ready. I don't think I'm done. The best. <laughs> that was the opposite of boring. You got to play it. I'm man. jazzed. It's so exciting. Maybe I'll do a video. I was meant to do a video on Disgaea for Cool Ghosts, and that got delayed because I wanted to do Steam Surfers. I might have to delay it again to make a video on Desert well, of Kazakh. You, know, you might as well do we'll what you s- like. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Do what you like. Let's do a couple of questions before we sign off. 
more so, warmed uh, up now. Reckless Robbie says, how do you think your substitution experience would have been different if you played with friends? I like this idea, but everyone had aliases and you weren't allowed to say who you were. That wouldn't have worked. Right, because people would have just... If everyone had nicknames, because then you'd start lying about who you were. It would just add a, another degree of... I've got to lying. wonder, Reckless Robbie, I don't know if he knows that that is a feature that the developers literally implemented possibly as a result of seeing our Let's Play. Really? There's a button you can press when you start a game of Subterfuge now that makes everyone... It scrambles your name. And so, huh. oh, Matt, you're now... I really wish I could have got Subterfuge working. Billy Submarine. Why couldn't you? Oh, it just didn't work on my... Was it his phone, wasn't it? No, it was, it was probably the best it? you weren't involved with that. It was hell. Was it pretty bad? It was... I like Subterfuge, but it was you played great, it in a tense way. Just, I, you should just play it. It just is fun. actually... Playing with strangers would be awesome fun. I think also it's the weird thing. I, the more I think about it, I thought this about it a lot, because I think we had an, a uniquely stressful experience. I think a lot of it came down to the fact we had half the people playing in Canada, half the people playing in England. And it meant that really, rather than having that thing of everyone waking up and doing your chats for the morning in the morning and then oh god you're fine. going to sleep being like what's gonna happen it was like having a you know an international job where at five o'clock the Canadians woke up and then you started having to go negotiate with them and you it, don't think that if all the players had been in England someone would have sent an f- attack at oh, 2 no, a.m. they still would have done don't get me wrong he still would have had attacks in the night but it was more the fact that it was like it just made it a bit more 24 hours there was always right. conversations happening so that just sounds like my email in our, yes in answer to your question sir uh, why don't you find out for yourself because that feature's in the game yeah there you go Ben uh, Naylor asks do you have any suggestions for good podcast games games that are perfect for playing whilst listening to a podcast oh yeah Mini Metro is I said this in Steam Surfers last week if you're not watching Steam Surfers you should be because I love it um, Mini Metro is the best podcast player in the world the second best podcast player in the world is Destiny Destiny is good for that uh, which is slightly damning on Destiny but it's not because I listen to the podcast and play Destiny and it's a very experience. enjoyable combination yeah. Keza do you have uh, a sort of breezy game you might play I have on? a very one track mind I can't play a game and do no, anything else that is I'll be honest fair uh, you were excited about this question Keza why don't you read it out uh, Eric says uh, today I played Rocket League on Steam for a bit and was instantly struck by how mean <coughs> toxic and confrontational the player base was my first instinct was to talk back to them and be rude but I decided against it and just played the game and had fun so I'm curious how do you handle toxic behaviour towards you when you play online now I'm a woman on the internet Keza can you just stop for a second because I have a good answer to this no I'm not going <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have everything locked down to the extent where I can't hear anyone uh-huh. at all on anything and I can't tell you how much better it's made my life it's yeah. you just those little micro aggression things that, like, I already have Twitter for that and it's really nice just to play a video game and it's even if you're if, if you're so it works two ways if you're good at the video game and everyone's an asshole then that's great because you can feel smug uh-huh. and if you're terrible at the game and everybody's an asshole that's great because you can imagine how annoyed they are but without actually having to hear it which, mm. is, which is really good it's exhausting. It is. I mean, that's one of the things that put me off Dota in the end. I, I liked it, but you just, when you're playing with randoms, or even when you're playing with competitors who are assholes, you're just constantly dealing with quite aggressive, nasty people. Not as bad as League of Legends, but I mean, they've really... Oh, League of Legends, use, I thought, had become better recently. They have become better, but my God, the, the amount of money and science they've had to plough into the simple task of trying to get people not to be evil is, um, is yeah, frightening. I, was I mean, a, they are kind of market, market leaders. They're sort of industry leaders in getting people not to be evil. They actually care They're doing pretty well. Which is it. great. Yeah, which is to be commended. I've met a guy who... Uh, he came, we met him at GDC. Uh, is it Devin Pavlas? Uh, I hope I haven't got your name wrong if you're listening. Uh, but yes, yeah, so his entire job is like working in a bunker with a lot of one-way glass... Uh, trying to work out what it is yeah. what makes yeah. a dick so uh, my, my answer to this question is just don't 
Yeah. Just completely, I, I swear, you. Lo- I've lost personally nothing. I love the fact that Destiny, when they did ask, add voice chat to stuff, it was always off by standard. Yeah. Like, just off. Yeah, Rainbow I have, Six. I have a lockdown on, on, on every Six single platform. I have a lockdown so I can hear my friends if I want to. But yeah. other than that. I have a question. Kezra, have you played Splatoon? Yes, I sure have. How does that deal with uh, sort of voice chat or Doesn't griefing? It has absolutely none. Nope. It's is, very Nintendo. They're just like, nope, that's not happening. It reminds me of what game they have. They oh. have little Miiverse posts, which are sometimes terrible. The fu- but only uh, very occasionally. I was. I don't like Hearthstone at the best of times. Uh, and oh, the passive aggressiveness of the yeah, because Hearthstone you can say one of six things if you haven't played it, which is like well played or like. Oh, um, they do that thanks. in Rocket League as well. They just flash up with well played when they score a goal. Yeah, well, or when you, score you can spam it. Well played. Yeah, well played. Yeah. Well played. When you make a mistake, or often it's the fact they go like they go like great game or a like, good game or what it is, but they say something to basically be like. They just spam it when they want you to quit because they think they've won. And in, in Hearthstone, you just get that of when they think they've won. They're basically, it's the equivalent of like, it's so rude. And you get this in StarCraft 2 and you get this in Dota a lot of people saying GG at you. And the point is, you're supposed to say GG when you admit that you've lost. But yeah. when people say GG and they're winning, it's the rudest thing. Because yeah. Yeah. it's basically people like... People don't really have very good manners in it's general. Like, yeah, <laughs> can you imagine playing chess and someone takes a couple of your pawns and then just stands up and shakes your hand and uh, says, really hand and go, yeah, nice one. Good effort. Like, you're just like, fuck you, buddy. Sit yeah. down. I think that's a really good answer from Keza, though. Just, yeah, turn it off. And yeah. it, This is not through... This is through years of trying to find ways to deal with it. Mm. And it's about six years ago, actually, that I just went, I'm done. I'm done yeah. with this because I, I, I enjoy playing games with people. I, I used to very much enjoy competitive gaming not so much now but what was it it became impossible I mean like yes I didn't know I have any number of tangents I could take let's just take another question because this is a sad topic it is a sad topic let's let's get off it switch it off it's sad there you go (laughs) nuke it from orbit Uh, Ben Cooper asks what is the game that you've given the most chances and still decided (laughs) was shit slash not just for you Fallout 3 Um, oh good answer I love yeah, that answer. I tried it four times. Yeah, that's, that's exactly up Quinn's street. Yeah, I, I really hate the Bethesda Fallouts with the exception of New, New Vegas, which isn't really a Bethesda Fallout. Let's not go to the New Vegas. Oh, dude, it's fine. I No, honestly, you can just... <laughs> if you imagine... You're, draw a circle around how much you don't like Fallout 3. Yeah. Expand it slightly so that New Vegas falls into that. And then you've got me. Yeah. But yeah well, maybe it's like New Vegas overlaps with it, but like mostly I like. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, no, you and Matt are agreed yeah. on this. Um, same, same. But yeah, Fallout Fall Three. I, I was so because I was so excited about it coming, and when it came out, I just didn't like it, and I tried so many times, and I, I didn't really admit that I didn't like it for a Fallout few Fallout years. Fallout Four, the new after. one, right? Hmm? The new one. Oh, four as well, actually, so far. But I'm, I'm, that's I'm not, why I didn't bother. I've not that, totally decided on four yet because I've tried it twice. But I enjoyed three. It's only been a few months. I, I played three and enjoyed it quite a lot. But I think it was a point in my life where I was, uh, I was fairly unemployed. Fairly. Uh, that was oblivion for me, man. Relatively no job. I was extremely somewhere unemployed. between zero and point nine jobs. And I was, I was such a Fallout fanboy that just being back in the world and being back with some of the things like New Color and Super Mutants was was enough. Uh, but then it was that thing of like. After I'd played it a lot and played all the DLC and thought about it more, I just found that my memories of it were quite empty, whereas my memories of New Vegas were quite rich. But we've talked about it slowly. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm thinking, what, what is it that I've you tried know, and I, not managed? I don't have a good answer for this because I have a superpower, which is putting yeah. things down when I don't enjoy them. Like, Matt well, and I will do, talk about this occasionally. What was it you played recently where you're like, I've played this for 12... 12- oh, yeah, you, you... I will recommend things to you. I'll go, Matt, I've played this yeah. for two hours. It's awesome. This has happened yeah. at least six I'm times. I'm glad you do, though. I don't resent it. And but then yeah, you just come, you'll play something for an hour and a half or two hours and go, this is great. And then I go, oh, cool. And then I come back to you next week and go, uh, I've played you, this for 24 hours yeah. and it's terrible. Yeah. And I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah. But then I also have the ability to... You just turn uh, off, right? Most of... This is bad. When I was a kid, I purposefully strove and finished 
every book I put in front of myself. I was really oh, big I into used it. to do that. And then now, like as an adult, I get halfway through a book. I'm like, huh, this is wonderful. And I'll close it and I'll shelve it. And I'll halfway through a book. And I, then okay, I'll, I couldn't do that. Yeah. I still, I, there's only three books I've ever stopped reading in the middle because they were so bad. I couldn't oh, man, I do that all the I time. Do you know how many like... books I read? Now I don't read them. <laughs> uh, Dice yeah. Man. Um, oh, fuck that. Worst Person Ever by Douglas Copeland. And I love Douglas Copeland, but oh my God, that's such a bad book. It's like London Fields, but with no redeeming features at all. Mm. And um, it was <laughs> I love London Fields. I can't stand it, but that's fine. I, I finished it. I finished it. I hate read the whole thing. Yeah. This is my problem. Like I can't. It's, it takes real. It really takes something special for me to actually stop reading because I see, feel like I, I have to at least be informed about why I don't like it. Uh, yes. yeah. Same with games, yes, actually. And it's because exactly because I reviewed it. games for a long time. Yeah. I don't really anymore. Can't get it out of my blood. It's yeah. just there, and You've it's annoying because it, be like, like, here's why I didn't enjoy that at all. But I've, changed, <laughs> I've changed my language now. I've realised I don't really talk about completing games or finishing games anymore. I talk about being done with games. Yeah, yeah. you do do that, uh, and I say I'm done with it now. I'm done with this, and what that means varies. Sometimes it means I've completed the game. Often it means I understand it. Like, and I, the weird thing is, sometimes with the game, I can be done with it very quickly. I think like I can do it in three hours. Other games, games, it takes me a long time. I think if you if you play a lot of games, and especially if you've ever been a reviewer then you can usually get the measure of most games in 20 minutes. Yeah. And it's when a game goes past that threshold where you're like, okay. I wrote an article about Eurogamer which involved when you look at the main menu of a game with like unerring accuracy I could rank it out of not 10 but 5 based on the main menu. (laughs) Yeah. And you can look at the amount of detail and love and small things and uh, sound effects when you move the cursor between the main menu. Because this is born of an experience of a friend of mine who reviewed, I can't remember what the game was. I have a feeling it might have been something to do with Abe's Odyssey. But anyway. Sure. About, Classic franchise. About 12 hours into the game, it suddenly turns into an RTS. Oh, uh, that you, do you... I wonder if you mean um, Stranger's Wrath. Might have been that, yeah. Uh, Probably remember. not. No, I think it was the one after Stranger's I Wrath. I can't remember specifically what Stranger's it was. Stranger's Wrath also has an excellent twist in the middle. But he played it for 10 hours and then reviewed it. Uh, and then, of course, everyone was like, um... <laughs> Do you realise that? So for 10 I was, hours! I know. So I was actually so frightened of that happening to me when I was still reviewing games that I became sure. pretty pretty diligent about finishing stuff. Like, Actually, do you know what's weird? Dragon's Dogma, right? Sure. When I was reviewing Dragon's Dogma... In general, Dogma, it's weird. It is yes. weird. When I was reviewing Dragon's Dogma for IGN, I, played, mm-hmm. I spent two weeks playing it like in the afternoons at work and at home. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where my boss was like, fucking write the review. How long have you been playing it? And I was like, 54 hours. And he's like, just write the review. For God's sake, this is a waste of time. And then, so yeah. I wrote the review... <laughs> Three days ago, this is two and a bit years later, three days ago, someone tweeted me being like, I just looked up your PSN achievements and saw that you didn't have the trophy for completing Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen. And I was like, what? Why do you care about this? Well, that's ridiculous. That years on. is high level being a twat. And it's just, yeah, and they turned, he linked me to this whole he thread. He had the trophy, he had the plan for being a twat. It's because uh, Dark Arisen came out again on PC and people were looking at my IGN review of it and I gave it like a 7.9 because I loved it, but, you know, it's not. That's a perfectly and, uh, reasonable score. Yeah, it was, but, you know, Americans. And uh, <laughs> and so yeah. Anyway, that, that just really comes. Like, Dragon's Dogma is one of my favorite ga- type, my favorite games of all time. But anyone who scores that any higher than an eight, and this I is why scores. Are, this is why scores are stupid. Like, yeah, no, it is. It um, is. But yeah, it was. It was funny because it's amazing it was how just frequently years, I'm not years, nines, but years and years down the line that came up, and I was like, oh, and it was only because my boss told me to fucking stop playing it and just write the review. Yeah, but yeah, the one time I didn't finish, <laughs> finish a game, it comes. You back. do as well. You do start to have that that sixth sense of whether or not there's anything anything more than this. Like Dragon's Dogma is a classic example of a game I played for 20 minutes and went what is happening with that I've got it that's a game you can't get a grip on I found it took me actually like for the whole about game. two or three hours before I was like I, I, yeah I was just and that's what I loved about it is I kept thinking what are you and then yeah. kept unlocking more stuff and then going 
what are you? Yeah, it's really And it just kept going. I was like, what the fuck is this game? Yeah, it's great. But uh, yeah, but often it's that thing of like, the worst is, I, I can't think of any examples, but the number of games I reviewed where I just play it, I'm like, there's got to be something more than this. And I was like thinking... <laughs> I could probably stop now and review this, but no, there's got to be something. There's got to be something. You keep going. You just go, you just want to shake it. You're like yeah. 12 hours in. You're like, there's nothing here. What is <laughs> but going through games that I don't even like is something that I had to get out of the habit of doing. And I've actually lost the ability to do it now because it's a skill. Um, my my partner. No, it is, it is. It's a professional skill if you do. Oh, professional. Well, yeah. it, I mean, it take, it, you are doing that instead of doing something else. Right? Yeah. But my, my, my partner um, was editor of Eurogamer for, I think, six years. And he reviewed a shit ton of video games. He reviewed like three games a week and he would like plug on through no matter what it was. He'd just plug on through. And he has that kind of tenacity with average and bad games where he'll just plug on through. And he, But it's a skill that he's developed. Um, but to, and now in the in the job he does now, he he's a consultant now. So he kind of goes off and looks at games that aren't finished and he has to play broken piece of shit unfinished games for days and then write reports about them. I couldn't do that. Now. No. Like I'd play it for 10 minutes and be like, I no. I would go go insane, but because he built up that skill of reviewing video games and just playing things he wasn't particularly enjoying for hours, he's extremely good at that job he does now. It's like Q&A. When I'm playing a game and it's buggy and I realise I got stuck in a bit of scenery and I've got to load back a save and I've lost like three or four minutes of progress, I just go... Oh, that would fuck it. It would be QA. Otherwise, it would That's be it. quality and assurance. Yes. Yeah, assurance, please. It's okay. It's okay, guys. <laughs> yes, you just want. Oh, I always get QA and QA mixed up. Uh, thank you very much for listening to Daft Souls, everybody. Yeah, it's been a hell of a podcast. It's been a ride. Uh, thank you very much for joining us again, Kezza. Uh, you You're just very finished up. Uh, you're finishing up a book about Dark Souls. I, right? I have. Yeah, it's coming out in April. Coming out in April. Um, so you'll be back on the podcast. We'll have a, another Dark Souls stuff. Yeah, we'll have a Dark Is there a way special. that people can pre-order it? Not yet. Annoyingly. Um, Oh. If so you, you keep an eye, if you follow, out, follow right? me on the Twitters, I was going to plug the hell out of that. I know, so was I. But it's the pre-orders are going to be live in the next few weeks. It's called You've Died, right? It's called You Died. Or the you, Dark Souls Companion. You are a deader. Yeah, and it's uh, it's. Well, a, it'd be also awesome if you got it wrong. It's you're a dead. <laughs> you, you <are. laughs> if our publisher just typoed it, like you're died. <laughs> you're um, died. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a collection of stories about Dark Souls and the slightly mad people who play it. And uh, I've been rushing to get it finished to the extent that only recently have I been able to go, shit, I hope this is good. Like, yeah. Before it's just been like, I've got to get it done. And now I'm looking back at it because I'm very nearly finished. And oh, I should point out, I'm not writing this by myself. I'm writing it with a chap called Jason Killingsworth, who is the best Souls writer that I know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's it's actually pretty good. It's okay. It's yeah, good. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, so yeah, that's if you if you keep an eye out, if you're interested in Dark Souls, keep an eye out. Oh, we'll, we'll have, have you back a, on for a special. special yeah, 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 yeah we'll do a special. And then, yeah. But Matt, where can people find us? Well, you can go to coolghost.net. It's what, the place Cool ghosts. Cool ghosts. Cool ghosts. What does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. Great. It's actually, the ghosts in the picture are purposefully not cool. They're kind of weird. Uh, it's a website about video games. We've got Darth Souls on there. We've also got videos we make about video games. At the moment, we're doing Invisible Ink playthrough. Yeah. Actually, Keza bundled into uh, this week, which was hilarious. <laughs> I arrived a bit early uh, and I'm like you hey, should watch game about we gave you basically like super Scottish I was basically just like barreling him with a, with a stellum and being like hey what you fucking did it's like doesn't Jim have a character on video game yeah, yeah. Like, Tam McLeish yeah Tam McLeish many, many. Yeah. actually but, um, most of his characters are drunk Scots who blunder into situations aren't they it's a classic combination yeah. of things uh, yeah so that is also where we host Star Souls and all sorts of other cool so stuff so you can go over there and you can ask questions so the questions this week came from the Dark Souls thread so what you want to do is you want to go to coolghost.net then there'll be a bit at the top that says Darth Souls click on that and then there'll be a big button saying ask questions and the great thing about this is if you go here you don't even have to ask questions you can just look at all the questions that have been asked and upvote or downvote things based on which questions you want to get heard 
heard answered. That's not even English. I'm tired. It's a remarkably good system, though. I'm a little bit impressed every time you bring up the questions. I'm like, these questions it's are... quite oh, good. Oh, we should do it on Shut Up and Sit Down. Yeah, it's a good idea. You should also check out Shut Up and Sit Down. <laughs> our other well, website. Right. Have a look at Kotaku. Yes, <laughs> Kotaku. Especially the UK version, because ours is... Better. ...for Britain. Okay. <laughs> is it better? I couldn't possibly say that. that She's nodding, everybody. She's nodding. me to say it was better. <laughs> okay. So it's just slightly more fascist. Good. I would say it's more targeted. Good work, team. Thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.